0: This is the TSN MMA Show with Aaron Bronstetter and Bazooka Joe Valtellini. UFC 269 Fight Week is upon us. What a week it will be as we look ahead to the lightweight championship of the world. we got Charles Oliveira defending the title against Dustin Poirier. I'm Aaron Bronstetter, joined as I am each and every week by the lone inaugural Hmm. member of the Glory Kickboxing Hall
1: of Fame, Bazooka Joe Valtellini. Yeah, let it go. Like I said, never... Never gets old. I forget sometimes myself. Whenever forget, I'm in the middle like, of introducing you, you're like ready to jump in because you're so excited about uh, the, the No, economy. no, I like to make them. hmm yeah, keep it going, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, I've learned that, honestly, that uh, the whole behind-the-scenes noise, I used to always laugh with Todd because sometimes he's freaking out, and I'm like... How can you not expect me to say anything? We just saw Badr Hari get knocked out, for example. And you want me to sit there and be quiet? So sometimes when he's yelling, oh, my God, what a finish. I'm like, ah, ah, ah. I'm just yelling, keep <laughs> yelling in the background. So I've learned to do that. I'm the behind the mic uh, guy. Can you press
0: like a so, mute button? And then you can have your reaction and then wait for, wait for Todd to finish, let it breathe, and then you can jump
1: in? Yeah, no, I don't know. I can't though. It's just, it has to be authentic. So when you hear big knockouts, you always hear me yelling in the background. I like it. It's excitement. Yeah, I that's know what you want me. And it's not real. like you're going to
0: be able to have the mindset to like, be like, I need to hit the mute button after you see like yeah, that oh, knockout, that, that Bader Hari head kick knockout. Yeah. That, that What was the name of the guy who landed that? I always forget. Name. Yeah. Vesoshik. Yeah,
1: Arkaduke Vasoshik. Well, now you understand why I, I actually can't remember I was slapping name. Todd. I was slapped him. Like I, I started <laughs> when the knockout happened, I was punching him from behind because I couldn't believe it. I didn't know how to react. So my natural reaction was to punch somebody. So Todd got it.
0: Yeah, it was a, a pretty, pretty wild uh, comeback. And we saw a couple of really good comebacks mm-hmm. this past weekend. We saw Clay Guida was on the brink of being finished in the first round, come back in the second round. And I don't know if you watched the Bellator event with a yes, Spike Carlisle against Dan Moret. That was a, one of the craziest comebacks you'll see. And and Sergio Pettis. And the main event. (laughs) Let me not forget about Sergio Pettis. I'm burying the lead here. That was one of the craziest uh, finishes you'll ever see as well, because that was one-way traffic until that moment. Yeah. Which of the three would you say was the most impressive? I have to go with Sergio because of the stage, right? Like, if I had to actually pick it, if I was, like, ignoring, like, all things being equal, ignoring the quality of fighter, ignoring the stakes... I would probably say it was Spike Carlisle because he had nothing left in the tank at the end of the second. I said, yeah. I said I'll said, i be shocked if he survives. I put it on Twitter. I was like, I'll be shocked if Carlisle survives the third round. Not only does he survive, he comes back and wins.
1: Yeah, because Th- Sergio really wasn't getting beaten up right. that bad. Yeah. You know? He was getting you know, dominated in many different ways. It was like yeah, ways, Yair against Z- Zombie. Like
0: Yair yeah, against Zombie. Yeah, zombie was winning the rounds. But like Yair yeah, wasn't in any real trouble at any point in time. And neither was Sergio.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, still domination, but I mean, a lot of people are trying to say, oh, he got lucky. I mean, that spinning back fist is a move no, that happens it's not lucky all the at time. All. Not lucky it's at all. It's not lucky at all because he trains that that's probably every day. Thing. That's a natural thing we always do. I mean, I mean, I always have to tell my guys in sparring, like, even a beginner the first time you spar that's something you naturally want to do is throw that spinning backfist cuz you're scared of someone coming at you so uh well well timed I'm going to say that's oh, uh, that's my perfect. answer well timed by Sergio Yeah
0: and I agree with you I saw a lot of people saying oh it was a lucky punch well do you know how much skill goes into that lucky punch do you know how much training yeah. goes into that lucky punch yeah. No luck about it I mean even the Yair Rodriguez uh, knockout over Zombie he baited him in he had been practicing. you, you saw videos of him training it like he, yeah. you know it it's it connects and that is kind of lucky but it's still timing like it's still timing and it's still practice
1: and it's still reps so that is not luck yeah and he throws it like you see him in other fights too so you know it's something that he practices something that's regular in his arsenal but uh i i i would say the most the most impressive, obviously, Sergio, the one I enjoyed the most was probably Clay Guida, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Just knowing uh, the carpenter, the hard work ethic, the, the blue-collar man just getting in there and getting it done in uh, his fashion.
0: F.I. probably should have been stopped,
1: though. I mean let's be real. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean a lot of, you know what's funny though? This is what's funny to me. It's like a lot of people's justification is we know Clay Guida how tough he is we've seen him in the past, but that's almost why you should stop it earlier because you know he's going to take so much more of a beating and he'll take it. So it's almost like knowing him his past, his age, how many scraps he's been in, maybe that's why I would have stopped it instead of knowing that he can take a beating, you know? So I'm kind of think it's the reverse we should be looking at it.
0: Well, there were three really uh, different kind of comebacks, right? Like, you have Clay Guida, who comes back from nearly being finished in the first. You have uh, Spike Carlisle, who comes back from just being exhausted, short-notice fight. Looked like he was completely out of gas. And then you have Sergio uh, coming back from being behind on the cards, right? So it's like kind of cool to see three very different types of comebacks all in the same weekend.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I enjoyed it. I mean, the one I think I why I mentioned I like Clay Guida the best, because I bet on him. You know, I got the underdog win on my bazooka bet, so I was go. happy for that one.
0: Yeah, I had, a, I had a terrible week. I don't think any of my bets came through. No, eh? No, no. it wasn't great.
1: It happens. But this, week, this, good, week, I'm, this week, my bets are going to come through. This
0: week, I'm very confident in my... I, last week, I was saying to you on the show, I said, I don't know who to pick here. I go, the odds are way off. Like the way, no, sorry, the odds are perfect. Like it's really yep. hard to find good yep. value. I see a lot of value in this weekend's card, so yep. we'll, uh, we'll get into right. that a little we'll bit see. later on.
1: The, the one underdog that I hit, which I thought was an easy win for me, was uh, Jamal Hill versus crook,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, in hindsight I, that for That to sure. me
1: was a, a big... That was to me like an easy... I was like, how is Jamal Hill knowing how awkward and scrappy his punches are? I know crook comes with more of a high guard style. I thought that was an easy pick and an easy finish win for me. So, that uh, good on Jamal Hill. I mean, the way you beat Jamal Hill is probably the later rounds tying him up. But, I mean, that first round, anyone who fights Jamal Hill is going to be in trouble. Yeah, he's got really... Uh, really crisp
0: striking. And, you know, he's got power, but I think that the precision and the timing is really where Jamal Hill has his his best success. Like, I I don't think that he's one of these guys that relies on power. I think that he relies on speed, precision.
1: He's got all the the tools for a really good striker. Yeah, awkward angled punches. He knows how to put them on weird angles. Beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. So Uh, so let's talk about the main event.
0: Jose Aldo. Unanimous decision win over Rob Font. Uh, Only one judge gave a round to Rob Font. I mean... At this stage in his career, it's unbelievable that Jose Aldo is still this good.
1: Yeah, I mean, I always say the young guy Aldo, because he's a year younger than me, I think. <laughs> so, uh, But I mean, I think this fight, it was almost how we kind of predicted last week. Rob Font's more of a volume striker, and Aldo is a come forward when he hits you, he's going to do damage kind of guy. Um, I thought the game plan for Rob, push him back, use the volume, is good, but... The low kicks, I think, was the big game changer, you know? Did you Finally. see a stat that I posted? I didn't see it, no. It was the first time since this fight with Ricardo
0: Lamas, I think it was like UFC 169, that Aldo landed 10 or more leg, leg kicks in a fight that he won. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that yeah. long. It's like eight years or seven years and all like that. But it's
1: that. predictable. Like, I mean, a jab, you take a low kick. Come on. That's, that's bread and butter kickboxing. And Aldo should have uh, done it a little earlier. But, uh, yeah, good. I think just his ability... To what he's doing at his age, we saw good striking. We saw good grappling. Uh, maybe a little bit more activity in, uh, on the ground, maybe, trying to go for a little bit more ground and pound. But uh, Rob's dangerous on the ground, too. Rob showed a complete package as well. So um, just Aldo experience and power, I think, got him that the big win. Uh, if you look at this fight and the stats, this is a great case study for
0: judging. When people say, oh, well, this person landed more strikes than this guy in this round. And how, yeah. and how irrelevant stats are yeah. in some cases when it comes to scorecards and judging. Because Aldo should have won all those rounds. Like, I I, I think I gave Aldo all five rounds as well. It just the the power made a big difference. And he landed the more immediately damaging strikes. And that's how you judge those rounds.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I get biased sometimes because I know Rob and the team and everyone. So when he was landing earlier, I think I give it a little bit more... You know, uh, more umph to the, to the scorecards. Like, oh, he's landing, he's hitting, he's evading, he's touching him. Like, I thought he did better than maybe the, the commentators were saying, but uh, still think, like you said, pretty dominant for Aldo. Well, Rob was winning the first round until he got knocked down, right? Like, I, you know, I,
0: I had posted as well on, on social media that people, you know, there's always this misnomer that takedowns will win a round, like a late takedown wins a round. It's a late knockdown that will win a round. That's what legitimately yeah. wins rounds in the scorecards, in the eyes of the judges, because Font was, was having a lot of success in that round. But if you look at the the damage that Fons landing versus the damage of that one strike that Aldo landed at the end of the round, like if, if, let's say it's, I don't know, Augusto Sakai is fighting this weekend. He's more of a volume heavyweight. Yeah. Um, more of a technical heavyweight. If he's facing Derek Lewis and he lands 30 strikes against Derek Lewis in the first round and Lewis floors him at the end of the round and he's saved by the bell, you give that round to Lewis. Like, yeah. if, As long as the strikes that Augusto Sakai is, are, is landing isn't doing much damage to Derek Lewis, you still give Lewis the round even though he only landed one strike. Because if that one strike does the more immediate damage and, and over the course of the round you can say that was the most damaging strike um, and, and that that fighter would be more compromised, you, you can give them that round.
1: Yeah. Would it almost make sense to give, like, an actual 10-8 for the knockdown? No, not, not with, give a point. Not with a 10-point must system with three rounds.
0: Because then you get a knockdown, you're going to win the fight. Like, basically, if you get a knockdown with five rounds,
1: that's what we do in kickboxing, right? Yeah, but kickboxing is five if rounds. If you automatically get knocked down, no, kickboxing is Oh, yeah, three. that's right. Three rounds. Three the, rounds. Yeah, only it's only three rounds. So, yeah. like, that's why I'm saying, like, if we're playing around with 10-8s, make it a definitive. Like, he got knocked down. So maybe that gives you the round automatically. You know, or something like that. Because you can't lose a round. If you get the knockdown in kickboxing, you can't lose yeah, a round. Right. It's impossible. Yeah. It's so kind of I mean, the same, though, in MMA. Like, it's, it's very... You'd be very hard-pressed to lose a round when you get a knockdown.
0: It's not impossible, yeah. though, like you're yeah. saying. It's not impossible.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think I've seen it a lot where maybe a guy gets knocked down, then the guy jumps on top to try to finish, gets tied up, and then maybe the position gets reversed, and then all of a sudden... Yeah, you don't know the one knocked out turned into him being on his back on the ground. Or if it's an early knockdown and then the guy takes him
0: down, he you know had like a kind of panic, panic uh, shot gets you down and and holds you there for
1: four minutes and lands a couple strikes from
0: top. Sometimes
1: a lot can happen in five minutes. A five minute round is a long time. So I mean, there's so many shifts in momentum that can happen that it's it's difficult. I mean, I just like that your. Getting yourself well versed in the judging now and the scoring, and I think it's uh, very important. Mm-hmm. It is, and a lot of people were sending me messages being like, "You're crazy. You're
0: biased if you think that Aldo's won every round." I was like, "Well, listen, you, you know, I'm studying the, the score, rules. Go read the scoring criteria. That's what I'm basing it off of. Do you think I do you think I want Aldo to beat fun, It doesn't matter to me.
1: Yeah, exactly. What it do doesn't I help your
0: bank account, does yeah, it? it? Doesn't affect me either way. I didn't exactly. have a pick on the fight. The only, uh, actually, no, I didn't have any pick on the fight. I didn't take the end or nothing. I had not, no vested interest in it whatsoever. It's actually, I think, one of the very few main events that I didn't pick where I didn't like actually okay. have a pick for it. Usually, I have yeah. a pick for the main event because I that, those are the fighters that, obviously, everybody's more familiar with, but I I
1: have more familiarity with from watching them for so for so long. Yeah, I mean, I just because Rob uh, is a friend, I put him by decision. That was my pick. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Aldo's one of my favorite fighters, so, I mean, it's kind of hard to, like... I just did it just to kind of be extra excited about the fight. But uh, Aldo, if you're going to ask me who's one of my favorite fighters, probably in the UFC, I'd have to say Aldo. I mean, old-time Aldo. The, the This boxing Aldo kind of went down in my books a little bit. But kind of those low kicks helped out a little bit this weekend. Mm-hmm. But yeah. to the wrong it brought opponent. You it brought you back. Brought yeah. you back to Team brought Aldo. Brought you back in my books. Uh, Raphael yeah. Faziv. Uh, yeah.
0: Beautiful spinning wheel kick knockout of Brad Riddell. And I, I did some research. And this is the first time that Riddell's been knocked out in... in MMA, boxing, or kickboxing. He's participated in all three. Kickboxing, you just never know because the records are, as you know yeah. from being in kickboxing, it's hard to find a reputable site that has the correct full resume There's of a so kickboxer.
1: Many. Yeah. I, I like the fight. I thought um, hearing a lot of people discussing the fight, I know the judges gave uh, Fiziev. Both rounds, yeah, uh, the so. first two. I thought Riddell was fighting well going backwards. I thought he was being effective. I, I didn't think uh, Fizev was as dominant as people were seeing. I think they were looking at that pressure. But I thought Riddell was doing pretty good in those first two rounds.
0: I would agree with you. I, I just think it comes down to damage. I think that uh, Fizev was landing the more damaging strikes, and that's what the judges are looking for. But yeah. I, I think you're right. I think Riddell was looking good from a technical standpoint, for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, enjoyable fight. I mean, I mean, you got to be excited to see Fizev continue to go and his matchups. But I think right now he's getting the, I don't want to say favorable, but they are favorable in that they're he's getting other strikers, right? I mean, in the do you want to put him against a heavy wrestler right away? I think we keep him in some good well, stand up. I just want to see him face right guys now.
0: that are ahead of him in the rankings. Like I want to see how he does against a guy that's ranked in whatever the top. Like? 10. Who well, do you let like? Let me pull him. up. Let me pull up the rankings.
1: Yeah, I'm interested. The in thing that. is,
0: there are a lot of strikers in this division. I mean, I'm not going to put him against Islam Makhachev. I think Makhachev oh. is beyond that at that point. At this point, in time, that his. Be, friend, uh, to see. Hooker could be good. Like Hooker's a rematch down of the it
1: looks like. Okay, so he looks so skinny as a lightweight. He's going to be.
0: Tiny. Well, I mean, you could put Fiziev against Gregor Gillespie and see what happens. Like, if you want to see him test that against a wrestler, I think that would be an interesting matchup. Uh, Fiziev versus uh, Rafael Dos Anjos would be very interesting as well. Um, Fiziev versus Michael Chandler, if you really want to have him jump up and see how he does. Yeah. And and get him into the top five. Because I think he's a guy that a lot of people want to see uh, move up the ladder. So... Let's mm-hmm. uh, let's see what happens. Eventually, could be fun with Michael Chandler. Yeah, that could be a fun that would be a good one fight too. night main event. Him versus Chandler, yeah. or even him versus Gillespie. Really, anybody who's ranked ahead of him. Him versus Ferguson. Those are all really interesting fights, in my
1: opinion. Yeah. What? Uh, any news on Tony Ferguson?
0: Nothing. I think he's waiting for the right fight. Um, yeah. Personally, if I was his. Team, I would be lobbying for the Nate ds fight. I would be like, yes, calling Hunter Campbell non stop and saying, like, what do we have to do to get this Nate Diaz fight to happen? Because that I think is a fight that a lot of people would really like to see.
1: Now, there's a lot of rumors that it's going to be Nate and Connor. That seems like it's going to be the logical one. Connor putting on weight, a 170 pound with Nate. Yeah,
0: that's what it it I'm could thinking. could happen. It makes sense for both guys. Uh, just Nate has one more fight left, right? So would the UFC want to put Nate in a position where if he beats Conor McGregor, he's a free agent? Like you, you would be losing a guy that has just basically taken the equity of your top fighter. And that's why I don't think that fight's going to happen, personally.
1: Really? Okay. Yeah, not yeah, I, I, I thought it'd be almost guaranteed that that fight's going to happen because of that. I think, I think about it again from that perspective, though. If you're the UFC,
0: Nate mm-hmm. Diaz beats McGregor, people are going to want to see it again. And the amount yeah. of money you're going to have to pay Nate Diaz for him to come back and fight Conor again... Is astronomical because the amount of money he can make from a thriller or any of these other upstart promotions that are paying people major money, bare knuckle even, for example, I think that you want to, like, if you're the UFC, you want to keep these guys if they're going to have that kind of equity. You, want, you don't want to, to have somebody with, with juice that's going out to the Over. free agents market. You want to squeeze all the juice out. You want to have yeah, a guy yeah, like a Mike Perry fair. go to another promotion, yep. where you know you're not going to lose that much from it. Not that Mike Perry doesn't yep. have anything left in the tank or anything, but I think that the UFC sees what his ceiling is in their promotion and are okay to let a guy like that walk. But if you have an Nate Diaz that's just beaten Conor, it's like now suddenly you've got this asset that is just able to walk away.
1: Yeah, yeah no, that's a fair point, but I think even paying him more money is just going to bring the UFC more money. And I, another fight with him and Conor, yeah, him true. and anyone. I mean, I think the UFC, I think at this point, like why not pay the guy? If your revenue is going to jump up that much more, give the guy a little bit of the is cut and, though? I and mean, go. Is the I go, think so. that's the thing.
0: Will the revenue jump up? Yeah. Like if, if you were to book Conor McGregor versus Ferguson versus Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz, how much, how much more a are you making? Yeah. You're making yeah, more. I don't know. Like it's still a yeah. more sellable fight, but how much more?
1: Yeah. Well, even a couple mil, like whatever you make, just throw it, throw it the kids away. Give it to them. <laughs> well, I'm with you. I, I just know, I just yeah, know that's not no, really how they operate. It. No, you may make sense, but yeah. I, I'm just as, I would just think like if you deserve it, you should get it. You know what I mean? I just, that's the way it is. If you put yourself in a position to be able to make and demand more money and give him more money. Connor has done it. John Jones kind of bet himself out though. It seems yeah, like right so. now it seems like he has lost any sort of leverage. I don't think people are
0: that hungry to see John Jones fight anyway anymore. he's outpaid himself, and I don't know what he's doing. Waited too long, got into trouble. Yeah. He's lost a lot of public support. We'll see what happens next year. But uh, I think that he's overplayed his hand, for sure. I agree. Uh, Let's touch on a couple more notes from this past weekend's card. Uh, Chris Curtis, what can you say about this guy? Uh, Two fights... In like four weeks, both short notice, gets wins over two very tough guys uh, in Phil Haas and Brendan Allen. Uh, you gotta give, the, you gotta hand it to Chris, the action man Curtis. He looks like the real deal, and
1: it's uh, long overdue that he was in the UFC. And now that he's here, he's making it count. Yeah, he's ending the year, you know, a good way. And I just, I heard him on Ariel's show saying he only had ten bucks on his account, and here he mm-hmm. is, two back to back wins. Um, just kind of doing a thing time too. Yeah, and I mean if the fact the way he fought Brandon Allen was good. I think the mistake there was the way Brandon Allen fought. You know, being a good grappler, I think he kind of stood a little too much against uh, and didn't respect Chris Curtis enough. So Curtis gets it done.
0: Now, Curtis, I think, is just underrated. Like I think it just comes down to that. I had Brandon Allen inside the distance as a pick. It was the wrong pick, and I yeah. and a pick that I think is you know, if I were to say I, I I had a bad read on this on a fight, I had a bad read on this fight. Period. End of story. Uh, yeah. Last thing I want to touch on, William Knight, twenty nine, twenty eight on all judges scorecards. People, for whatever reason, believe this to be controversial. But again, I go back to the scoring criteria. is holding him up against the cage for four minutes, not landing anything of significance. Knight has a late burst, whatever, lands 10, 12 strikes. You give him the yeah. round. That's, that's the way that the criteria yeah. works.
1: Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with that. I mean, I, I, I can't see how you can reward someone by just holding someone against the cage. But also, it is control, right? But control so, doesn't score. Control doesn't yeah. score, Joe. That's what people need to but remember. No, I get it. I, I agree with your, your thing there. But I can see why the wrestlers, you know, whether it's on the ground or on the cage, you're controlling somebody. And they're not able to do their game plan, which William Knight is a big, heavy striker. So by holding someone against the cage, you're taking away the strength of the yeah, you other land person. Strikes. If you've got to
0: push up against the cage, land calf strikes. Land Elbow, foot stomps, something. Yeah. Land something because otherwise it's not scoring. It's just not. The only way that the control scores in the judge's eyes is if all things are equal. So let's say there's no strikes landed on either side or it's a very equal striking. It wasn't equal on the striking. William Knight had better striking. He landed more significant strikes. He landed better significant strikes. He wins the round. That's the way that it works because if you're not doing anything with the position that you have, it doesn't score.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you, and I think that's the way fighting is because at the end of the day, it's entertainment, and you should be rewarded for trying to win, in mm. my eyes that's all also the time. Down.
0: It, it's, that's on. It's on yeah. paper.
1: You can go and read it. Yeah. If it's even, to me, if it's even or close, if one guy is trying to win more than the other guy, I think that guy should win. He's trying to break out from the clinch. He's trying to hit you. He's trying to go for things. Like, that is someone who wants to win more. And I think when it's very close, that person should get the nod, whether it's damage or anything. But
0: you had the commentators talking about 10-10 rounds. Like, they they need to research what a 10-10 round is because when you start talking on the broadcast about, oh, that could be a 10-10 round. No, it couldn't. It couldn't. You're you're actually doing a disservice to the viewer by saying that because it's not possible. Like, there's only one instance where there can be a 10-10 round. And it's a very, very rare occurrence. A 10-10 yeah. round occurs when no strikes are landed except for a foul. And then the judges have to go to the scorecards prematurely because after a certain point in the fight, you have to go to the scorecards if a foul stops the fight. And then yeah. you have to judge the round based on what you saw. That's when you can give a 10-10. It's the only circumstance. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I just think that what their point is, it's like it's so close that a lot of times the judge will have to be like, eh, they kind of like flip a coin sometimes. Or it's like, if that's the case, 10-10, you know what I mean? No, I think not that's, that's kinda not how of what the criteria it works, it. works, though. It's not how it works, <laughs> but logic will say that's how it should kind of work. No, well, if, logic, you don't, if, you know, if you don't why know, why know what you're you talking about, that's what it would one. say.
0: But if you know what you're talking well, about, you would never say that.
1: Yeah, but judges seems to not know what they're talking about. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, the judges no, do know what they're talking 10, about. 10. That's, it's that's a why 10, they don't get ten, 10 must. Must. They know the rules. But Just the name of it, a ten nine must system. So yeah, yeah ten point must know. system. These, that's, yeah, that's someone must get I mean, ten. Someone Must get ten,
0: right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. UFC two sixty nine. I can't wait for this card. This is an awesome card. Uh, I love Oliveira versus Poirier. It's the fight I've, I think I've looked forward most forward to all year. Like I think that this is this is the fight in terms of yeah. just. Who is going to be the best fighter in the best division in the sport? That's what it comes down to. What's your early take on this one? How does it play out? My TSN edge pick is Charles Oliveira by submission. It's plus 310. Um, I think that Charles Oliveira will find a submission at some point in the first two or three rounds of this fight. I think that at some point in time, he's going to be able to take Poirier down. Dan Hooker took Poirier down four times. If you look at Oliveira, his wrestling has improved a lot. So as long as he can weather any sort of storm that Poirier throws at him, and Poirier throws massive volume—that's one of the things that he's best at in the lightweight division. Just by the numbers, he's always throwing a lot of punches. But he—he's—he's he's a guy that accumulates damage in order to finish you. He's not a guy like even if you watch the Conor fights, he's just landing big strikes, big strikes, big strikes. But none of them are really big, you know, knockout shots with you know that, that happen immediately. There's a lot of setup involved. I think if Oliveira can weather that early on. And can somehow get a hold of Poirier. I just think that it's going to be very difficult for Poirier to escape whatever Olivera is able to throw at him because Olivera has so many tools in the toolbox.
1: Yeah, I mean, Olivera by submission, you're getting plus 250. It was plus 310 uh, when I left yesterday. Yeah, uh, some th- plus 300, plus 310, yeah, some plus 250. Yeah. yeah, I see that result too. I definitely think this fight will not go the distance. Yeah. I have a feeling it's either going to be Poirier by TKO. Or your Oliveira by submission. Well, that's my other my other
0: uh, TSN edge pick is you parlay the under four and a half rounds in the main event with the under four and a half rounds for Nunes Pena, and it's like minus one twenty
1: five. Yeah. What about this one? I was looking at the the rounds. Over two and a half rounds is plus one twenty five. Plus one ten on. I just some. wouldn't
0: risk it with an Oliveira fight, right? Because the guy gets quick finishes.
1: Over two yeah. and a half rounds means it has to go midway but through the third Poirier. round. Pori, you can't finish that guy that easy. I know, but yeah, a Poirier submission is different than being knocked out. Yeah, I, I kind of like the over two and a half. I would stay with that. To get some plus money on over two and a half, a five-round fight for the championship. Do they play safe knowing it's five rounds? So I'm playing with that over two and a half. I'm leaning it. For me, there's two Vs. There's volatility on one side and there's
0: value on the other side. I want the value side. I'm not looking All for right. volatility.
1: Yeah. Well, you're going by submission. That's a risky one. No. Yeah, but there's value. Yeah. Is, well, and
0: Oliver has the most submissions in UFC history. So right. there's value there.
1: Yeah. Is there not? Okay. No, <laughs> yeah, I see it. Plus 250, I'll take it. Yeah, now, that was my plan, anyways. I was going to go by one of them uh, by finish, or I might just go, won't go the distance. But what's the Poirier KO prop? I, I, I remember uh, there not being a lot of value at Poirier. by plus 120, plus 130, yeah. No, yeah, that's really at that point. You might want to go. What is like a Poirier round three prop pay? Because that's what that that's where I
0: think it gets interesting. Is like, yeah, like Poirier round three plus nine hundred. Poirier round four plus fourteen
1: hundred. Like I think you look for late round props for Poirier. That's where you're going to find your value yeah. on him. Late round finish there, round four or five finish. Mm-hmm. You you even saying three? Yeah, three to five would be three to five if por if if Poirier gets it done. Yeah, like I think if it gets that's into it. that round, that's where you're going to find your value on Poirier. I don't think it's yeah, going to go that-
0: five rounds. And Oliver has never been to the championship rounds.
1: At this point, you you see Oliveira won't be able to get the takedown. He's probably a little bit more fatigued, and this is where Poirier takes over. That but yeah,
0: again, that's what yeah. I think a lot of people would think. But then again, you go and watch Oliveira against Ferguson; he was fresh all three rounds. But yeah. uh, I, again, we've seen Oliveira because he throws the kitchen sink at people; you can get tired out. Now, will he employ a strategy like that in a five-round fight? Who knows? But he t- he seemed to be doing
1: that against uh, Chandler. So, we'll see. All right, this is a tough one here for me. But uh, Oliveira, you got. Has more options to win, if you think about it. He's the more well-rounded fighter, but power is power. So, Comain,
0: Nunez, Pena. Nunez is a minus 900 favorite, Pena plus 600. The only thing that I would take in this fight is Nunez KO, which is like minus 150. Yeah, Um, that's all there is. Yeah, because Pena's striking is very sloppy. She likes to use her striking to get in close so that she can implement the grappling game, but she keeps her head up high, it's, it's just not the, t- the kind of style striker that I would want to be if I'm going against Amanda Nunes. Maybe she's tightened it up. Who knows? But that's how I see this one going. I see Pena rushing forward or throwing something sloppy with her head up. Nunes catches her, rocks her, and then whatever happens from there happens from there. Maybe she gets a submission, but I think a knockout is the more likely scenario. I think if you remember the Durandame fight, people were saying, oh, Nunes, she's not looking great on the feet, and Durandame looks... No, it was a path of least resistance situation. You take May down and neutralize her best weapon. Pena's best yeah. weapon is the grappling. So if you want to neutralize Pena's best weapon, you keep it on the feet. You keep landing strikes, and I think that's what's going to happen in this fight.
1: Yeah, I uh, looking at the rounds over two and a half is some positive money. Does Pena make it past two and a half? I don't think so. I, yeah. I'm curious what the Nunez round one prop is on. Nunez round one's a plus one thirty, not great value.
0: Nunez round two might have value at plus three fifty, but even that is like still a pretty
1: specific thing. Yeah, it's just it's funny to see now, like when you watch all of the countdowns. It's like Pena in the gym training hard, going, and then Nunez is just chilling with her mm-hmm. wife and the baby, yeah. and it's like so relaxed and so fun. It's like they try to build like the contender versus like you know the right. cool champ. Yeah, yeah. so no, no, but I don't, I don't think it's usually they're trying to sell people on uh, Pena and the underdog. But I just see Nunez is too, too good, too dominant. She's just a. Uh, She's the champ for the reason. Well, I noticed
0: something yesterday. She has 15 wins in her strike force and UFC career, and nine of them have come in the first round. So, I mean, she's... Nine, I mean, geez. that's like a, that's a very high finishing rate, first-round finishing rate, especially in women's MMA. Like, that's Ronda Rousey, yeah. Kayla Harrison type stuff, right? Like, she's she's what those two bring to the table with submissions and grappling with striking, right? And that's yeah, why that's she's the greatest of all time.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's... I think with Shevchenko, I think if she got a little bit more... F- uh, I mean, that's why they're both so dominant. You know, I, I like that they're strikers, too. So, you think that fight will happen ever again? Which? Shevchenko, Nunez? I think we're going to get there. I think it could happen by the Eventually. end of next year. Okay.
0: We'll see. I mean, who else is there for Nunez? The 145 division. And i bring in Kayla Harrison. Uh, there's not much left for her there. There's Norma Dumont. And then at 135, like, I can't even think of anybody. Like, who? Yeah. Who just beat Nisha and- Tate? Uh Vieira, oh, Vieira was. it? Ketlin Vieira That's probably the only yeah. candidate right now. That yeah. and I couldn't and, even remember who it was. So I mean like <laughs> you know, that yeah, yeah. The, the the you know, the well is running dry for Amanda Nunes challengers. Uh so I think that they need to either bring Shevchenko back up to thirty five or they need to sign Kayla Harrison if they really want to have somebody that Nunes is gonna have real competition against.
1: And maybe Pena hey, uh... surprises
0: us all and shuts us all up. Who knows?
1: Yeah, good. I was going to say shout out to Felicia Spencer doing the thing retiring, and right? people I mean pulled the, the Bazooka Joe.
0: That's
1: it. Long-term good on health. her. I was going to say, I call that the Bazooka Joe. I was going to say it, but you said it for me. I mean, leave in when it's time. I think it's uh, a good one.
0: I Amanda Nunes, did it right. I spoke
1: to her about Felicia retiring yesterday.
0: And I don't know if it was like a language barrier thing, but she basically said like, I don't blame Felicia for retiring because she doesn't know how to improve her head movement. And if I had bad head movement like that and wasn't going to involve my head movement, I would also retire. Yeah. That's how she said it. Oh. I was like, "It's so like okay, she well, a jab on the way yeah, out." I was going to say, thing? I don't think that's how she meant it because again, there's like yeah. a language barrier. But that's basically yeah. exactly what she said. Was like, "Yeah, if I wasn't willing to improve my head movement," she goes, "If if it was me, I would just not get hit and I would just train to not get hit and improve my head movement." But hey, she got nice she did thing. well. She got far in the sport. She got to the championship level. You know, she probably accomplished everything that she's going to accomplish in the sport. So. Good for her.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I get what she's trying to say. She's trying to say, like, oh, you know, good job kind of thing, yeah, but, it's but it's like kind of a
0: backhanded Nunez compliment, style of <laughs> like
1: a jab head kick on the exit. Yeah. boom There you go. Get out of here. <laughs> but no, that's funny. Yeah. She's the champ champ, so she can Nunez, say what she wants. Nunez is like, she has like
0: underrated, like, kind of trash talk, but she smiles when she delivers it. Like, if you watch. Yeah. I, I always said when she beat Ronda Rousey and she delivered that speech at the end, I was like, if she's not a big star, there's nothing else she's going to be able to do in the sport to like to transcend. Because she was like, I destroyed her. She's, you know, she's done. Like you remember, she was like ripping Ronda Rousey after that. Yeah, week. she went hard. And I was thinking that's like, funny. well, if nobody's if nobody's going to buy into this, then like now what? What can she do beyond beyond yeah. like spitting on on the grave
1: of <laughs> Ronda Rousey when she's on her way out? But uh, yeah, that's all right. Yeah. That's fun. <laughs> That's good. I like her. I like it. I I just like what she brings. I I'm, I'm excited for any time she fights. I'm so yeah. cuz now it's more like is she gonna get the finish? You know, is she gonna knock somebody out? Like, I mean, it's fun. You know, she, regardless if she's the favorite or not. Like, when Canelo's a minus nine hundred, I still yeah, watch course. Canelo because I want to see what round he knocks someone out mm-hmm. in. So yeah. that's kind of how. What it's adjustments? To what adjustments
0: is he gonna make? How good of a, yeah. is the opponent gonna be against him? You know, like exactly.
1: I, that's the storyline with Amanda. And no matter what, there's something fun with it.
0: I want to see Canelo's next fight if he's moving up to middleweight. Like, that's oh, pretty, yeah, I love Canelo. That's my guy. Nobody knows who this champion is, but apparently he's very good. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, boxing. It's, right? it's a million champions.
1: Yeah. Now Canelo's my favorite to watch probably in all combat sports right now.
0: Uh, Ponzinibbio, minus 125 favorite over Jeff Neal, who's about even money. I think the uh, odds are probably where they should be for this one.
1: Yeah. Pick him, you think? Yeah, or a, it was, what uh, Pick is it? him
0: with a slight lean towards Ponzinibbio. That's how I viewed it. it. It was a pick him earlier in the week, but I think the money's coming in on the right side. Yeah. Do you agree with it? Yeah. I think Ponzinibbio is going to win this fight. Okay. I haven't loved what I've seen from Jeff Neal in recent fights. And hey, maybe he uh, turns it around. He's fought tough competition, but... I think Ponzinibbio uh, is very underrated right now. I think that, that loss to Li Lang. People don't realize how close he was to having to retire with that injury that he had suffered uh, before the Jinglang fight. Like He had a terrible infection where, like, it, you know, a lot of doctors said you're never going to fight against him. And he ended up Jeez. coming back, and, you know, he he had, like, whatever, two years of cage rust and lost to a really tough guy in, in Li Lang. But I I don't think that uh, – and then he came back and beat Miguel Baeza. I think that Ponzinibbio is still a, a top welterweight.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm torn in this one. I think it's a true pick-em, but uh, something's telling me – Jeff Neal, that explosive power he's got, the way Ponzinibbio can get hit, I think Jeff Neal can get it done. It's
0: kind of the same thing on the other side though too, because Ponzinibbio is incredibly yeah weird too. punches. Like Jeff Neal's shown that propensity to getting hit recently.
1: Yeah. What was Jeff Neal's last fight? Uh, I think it was I, the Neal Magny blanks. Blanks. Yeah. He yeah. That's what that have to be it. Yeah. it have to be that.
0: Yeah. Neal Magny beat him pretty decisively, and Ponzinibbio knocked out Magny. So if you want to use some MMA math, yeah. How's it going to go? Yeah.
1: We we used could, to call that sure dog math. Yeah.
0: Cody Garbrandt minus one fifty. Kai Kara France uh, plus one twenty. I, I'm not comfortable betting Garbrandt as a favorite against anybody right about now, and it's not a knock on him. I think that if Cody Garbrandt shows up the Cody Garbrandt that we think he's going to be, I think he wins this fight, but uh, I don't know. I just, I've just i lost a lot of confidence in his upside.
1: Yeah, I can see that. I'm still, I think, leaning for Cody. I think if I a think pick, I'm going to
0: like, just yeah. make a pick, I'll take Cody. But I'm, I'm not yeah. touching this fight in terms of the volatility.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just think Cody, if he can translate that power he has... But I think a lot of times, like you said, you can't really trust him because when we've seen him, you know, beat Dominic Cruz, you know, that's the speed, the power was all there. And then we've seen the ups and downs. I mean, but his big fight with that big knockout with, uh, who was it? Uh, sao Asunca. uh, yeah. I mean, was he winning? The, I think he was getting tagged before that big punch, right? He wasn't winning, was he? Uh, it was a pretty close fight
0: to that point, if I recall. I'd have to go back and watch.
1: But uh, I think if he doesn't rely on that big punch power, I think he can kind of use his skill in his boxing, and I think he gets it done. The other concern I have is that when you cut down to a lower weight class, it diminishes your chin even more,
0: right? So that's the other fear that I have in this circumstance. But hey, if Garbrandt wins this fight, he's he's right in the mix for the title, right? Like, he could get the next title shot with a win
1: yeah i think the flyweights uh having cody is nice i think it brings a, a bigger name in the in the division that will kind of bring some attention
0: it also gives us the potential for a Garbrandt versus pantoja fight which i would love to watch
1: oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> i think there's a lot of fun fights if he really wants to go i mean flyweights you can go very quick but there's some young kids i think in the division that'll do well
0: this is a fight that has me very intrigued, so I'm, I'm eager to see how he looks at 125 pounds. And uh, going back to a former 125-pounder, Rowley and Paiva, is a plus 250 underdog against Sean O'Malley's minus minus three twenty five. 325. Um, I, I have a TSN edge uh, dart throw on this one, which is O'Malley by submission. It's like plus
1: 1400. So yeah. if you want to throw a dart at the board, you could do worse. Yeah, I think it'll be a O'Malley finish at some point. But uh, if you're feeling the submission, I'll ride with you. I'm feeling the value of the submission. I'm not necessarily thinking that's how it's for sure going to end. But I think that
0: O'Malley's grappling. I think we still have not yet seen how good it is in MMA. But if you watch him on the grappling circuit, his grappling looks quite good. So let's uh, let's see how it looks uh, in MMA. But Paiva, I think uh, I don't know what his his belt rank is for BJJ, but I imagine as someone who comes from Brazil, that he's got <laughs> probably a pretty solid background. If I had to guess. He yeah. has submission wins on his record.
1: What about O'Malley? Didn't he do some big grappling match recently or was matched to go against someone crazily good? I don't remember who it was. I,
0: I, I think you're right. I just don't remember.
1: But it was it. Like, I was like, what's O'Malley have business doing with this person in there? And I was very torn about it being like, and I think he did well or won or yeah. something like that. Yeah, he's I, a really I good grappler.
0: Like I said, so I'm going to keep taking the O'Malley sub prop because if I take it like in 10 fights it's, and, I, and I hit it in one, it's going to pay off, right? Like it'll eventually... Yeah. So.
1: But you got to think he he'll probably snipe you from the outside. You kind of stumble, you go. He comes down and he gets the finish on the ground. It's very uh, very likely. Well, he lands an absurd amount of uh, significant strikes per minute. I think it's like eight
0: point five significant strikes per minute. It's a UFC record. So um, I think the volume's going to be there. Uh, but paiva has got good power and Piva's a good fighter. I you know I don't want to underrate Paiva going into this. I've always been high on him and I think he's uh, he certainly could win this fight. It's not it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibilities.
1: Yeah, I just. Uh... O'Malley's got so much hype behind him, so I think it's going to always be hard to uh, to get around that hype train that he brings.
0: Yeah, but uh, Rowley and Paiva doesn't care about that, and if the public's going to be betting on Sean O'Malley and you can get Raleigh and Paiva a good value, you, may, you can take him.
1: Yeah, I like it.
0: Josh Emmett, minus 190. Dan Ige, plus
1: 150. Yeah, I uh, leaning Emmett. I think Emmett is... Uh, we haven't seen him in a while, but uh, I think he's got the power. I think he's... Uh, I think he's very good. I think he could easily be in the top of the division. For some reason, he's got that it factor for me. I think he's got the second best power in featherweight
0: history behind Connor. Like, I think if you were to look at his knockdown rate, is absurd at, at featherweight. Um, I think he's landed, since he's moved to featherweight, and this includes, I guess, the fight where he missed weight, but he's, I think he's landed 10 knockdowns or something crazy like that since he's moved to featherweight, so... Uh, the guy's got the guy's got hands, man, and uh, yep. Dan Ige is not an easy out though. I, I think Dan, Dan Ige, if this fight goes to a decision, like what what's the odds on scorecards equals no action, Dan Ige? Because that's yeah, you can take Ige or uh, sorry Emmett scorecards equals no action at minus two oh five. Like that's that's probably a better bet because if I think if it goes to the scorecards, that's Dan Egan's best chance. But Egan's shown that he's got good knockout power too. You, you remember what he did to Gavin Tucker? I mean, he's yep. he's a real student of the game, Dan Egan, and he might notice uh, some sort of nuance with Josh Emmett that perhaps we haven't seen.
1: Yeah, I think that comparison with Connor, Connor's more of a a timing guy. Where Emmett's Emmett's got more pure power. Mm -hmm. Like I think he would be the most powerful. Where Connor probably has better timing. Maybe you can say.
0: Yeah. But uh,
1: yeah, I don't know. Emmett got. uh, He's. I think. I think he's an alpha male guy. So you know his wrestling's pretty sharp too, mixed with the striking, good angles. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think this is a good, uh, a nice matchup. And it's a good uh, opportunity for Dan Ige. I mean, it seems like every time
0: he hits this roadblock of like a top guy he ends up getting turned away. So we'll see if he can finally
1: cross that threshold in this one. Uh, Pedro Munoz. Ige's down two, right? I just want to quickly, because he lost to Cater, and then Ige. And then he got a Ige win, fight. then he beat Gavin Tucker, and then he lost to Okay, he beat
0: Tucker. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, Pedro Munoz and Dominic Cruz basically are an even
1: money fight. I'm leaning Munoz uh, in this one. I don't know. A lot of people are, and that's what I was going to ask you. I'm like, why are a lot of people leaning Munoz? Is it the power? Is it Dominic getting older? What is the reason most people are leaning Munoz?
0: I'll give you my opinion, and I don't know how true it is. We'll 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 see if it plays out uh, on Saturday, but I'm of the opinion that Dominic Cruz's best skill was always his timing. Not just his footwork, yeah. but when to use the footwork and how to use the footwork. And I feel like he's mm-hmm. lost a step in that regard in his recent fights. I feel like his timing isn't as good, and I feel like Munoz is a, is a really opportunistic fighter who can find s- some big shots in the rounds. I think it could be a similar situation to this Aldo and Font fight that we just watched where Cruz is landing a lot of volume, and he's getting in and out, but Munoz is going to be landing the more powerful shots. And I'm actually surprised because Munoz was thinking of moving down to flyweight, but I
1: guess he's decided to take a fight at 35 against a, a legend like Cruz. Yeah, I, I think why, like when I think Munoz, I think he might take an approach like uh, Cejudo did. Because I think he they're kind of very similar. And like I can see him fainting and really trying to kick and chop the legs of Dominic Cruz. And I think that could be the difference. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I just think, like you said, Dom's footwork. To me, his footwork, everyone talks about it great. To me, it's smoke and mirrors. I think it's a lot of like when you watch his feet. <laughs> When you watch his feet, you're like, you're getting mesmerized by nothing, you know? And it's like, and then he tries to, but I think Munoz is a guy who's not scared to get hit where he'll walk past that smoke and just trying to crack and use the power. So, yeah, I kind of, uh, my gut's leaning Munoz as well. So you're saying that Munoz wants all the smoke. Yeah, he'll take it all. (laughs) He'll take all that Dom smoke. Another coin flip, Tuivasa Sakai. I would lean Tuivasa
0: here, but again, volatility, volatility. Yeah, I'm leaning uh to as well.
1: He just looked so explosive yeah.
0: in recent fights. So what's the KO proper for Tuivasa It's plus 145? Man, not a not a ton of value there. Uh the
1: Sakai more volume like you said, right? Where Tuivasa is probably yeah, a little bit more, more pop volume. in the punch, in and out, pop and move. Yeah.
0: So, that's this is an interesting one because I think Sakai has what it takes to be Tuivasa, but I'm I've just been really impressed with Tuivasa and his recent outings. Um all right, we got Bruno Silva minus 360 Jordan Wright plus 275. Um, the Silva KO prop is of interest to me but it's still on, it's minus 175 so I, I'm going to stay away from this Wright might actually be a decent underdog in terms of value but I I don't think that uh, I would take that
1: and Jordan I'm trying to think um, Jordan Wright's Kung Fu Panda. style yeah he's oh, more no, sorry. Of, Beverly of a Hills karate Ninja. Striker, Ninja. right more of karate style yeah. no yeah more of a karate I, style fighter Beverly yeah, yeah, that's what I remember yeah.
0: I with mean, his 12 and 1 Griselda who was mentioned on the last uh, broadcast there was what Zelda, his girlfriend Griselda, who oh, Griselda. Daniel Cormier
1: was taking shots at on the last broadcast because he said it was Wait. an
0: elderly woman's name.
1: An elderly woman's name, <laughs> it yeah. is, yeah, or a witch. If you're gonna have a witch's name, your name will be Griselda.
0: I'm not gonna pile on Griselda, but Griselda's taking too many shots in this industry. Yeah, I'm pro Griselda. <laughs> Poor girl.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, Miranda That's Maverick funny. minus one forty-five. Aaron Blanchfield one plus one fifteen. I like the Blanchfield side here for the value, but I also took a dart throw. Blanchfield by submission is as high as plus 1600 and Blanchfield is man. a phenomenal grappler.
1: Jeez, all right, I'm jumping on yeah, that, get on one, that one. Yeah, I'll take that surprised one too. On that.
0: What's the uh, sub prop for Andre Muniz against Eric Anders? That's an interesting. That's uh, 140. Oh man, there's these guys are getting sharp in terms of finding uh, good props, but uh, Andre Muniz a minus 140 favorite against Eric Anders plus 112. Again, a very
1: volatile fight that I kind of want to stay away from. Yeah, I mean, Anders is always in. He's aggressive, likes to do the cage. But when you have someone who can pop and crack, eh, it's tough to go against them, right? I don't know if Mooney's is that guy, though. I think Mooney's is the type of guy that's going to try to submission. wrap
0: him up, Take him down. His his BJJ is phenomenal.
1: Well, it, it shows his win record by submission is 67%. He <laughs> Yeah,
0: there you go. I mean, if he can sub Jacare, he can sub Eric Anders. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, boy. Yep uh alex perez minus 325 match chanel plus 240. uh i think the odds are probably where they should be but you might be able to get some good value with chanel the thing is chanel relies a lot on his boxing and his head movement um and i think that it's very good but i think alex perez is one of the better boxers in the ufc in terms of the the flyweight division so i think uh, perez has all the advantages in this one
1: all right i'm gonna trust you on that i don't know those guys too well all right here's the one that
0: i that i've got a sneaky pick for um and i made this as a tsnh pick not even a dart throw pick but Ryan Hall, minus 210, Derek Minner, plus 165. Minner by Minner inside the distance is plus 410. Plus 410? Yeah. yeah. James Krause guy, right? the so James Krause guy. He's, he's also always looking for finishes. He's a very opportunistic guy. And Ryan Hall is, like, I think that if this gets into grappling exchanges, Minner's going to be making a big mistake. But if this stays on the feet, Minner can really capitalize. And I think Minner could even, Minner getting a submission against Ryan Hall, I don't think he's outside the realm of possibilities, too. This guy's always looking for subs.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think if anything, maybe ground and pound him out a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like if Hall's on your legs, kind of just smash in the head. Because a lot of these guys will go for the ankles and kind of stay low where you can get some good hammer fists on the low shoot and the ankle picks. But uh, I think Ryan Hall, just everyone's so scared of him. But I can't see Minner being that intimidated by it. But Hall also got knocked out cold in
0: the cage back in July, right? Like He's he's turning it around quickly. And this is a guy that typically takes a lot of time away in between fights. So, uh, yeah, yeah Minner inside the distance, Minner, Minner, chicken yeah. dinner, plus four ten. <laughs>
1: there you go. I like, I like Randy Costa. Yeah, I Randy think Costa. Can well, get it if you're take
0: Costa, you may as well take the KO prop. It's like it's minus one ten. Yes, 110, that's, this guy. that would be my pick, Randy yeah. Costa by finish. And what's Costa round gonna do? Because that's how Costa wins most of his fights around one plus one seventy
1: five. Costa around one. Yeah, uh, that's a little bit pile. But yeah, but. uh, him by finish, if anything, because I like his striking. Nice and it's long, great. scrappy, very good. very. Uh... His last fight was uh, the young Giannis. boxing kid, wasn't Giannis. it? Giannis, yeah. yeah. And he and was he like was length versus pressure. Round. Yeah. I thought he almost finished Giannis, Giannis too, didn't he? Yeah. And Giannis came back and won, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Randy Costa and the yeah. other – there's the two Randys, I think, that I've always talked good show. Is it Randy Brown? Which yeah, is Randy one? Brown. From Randy Brown, oh, New York. Uh, yeah, yeah, the Jamaican yeah. Uh, Randy Brown and mm-hmm. Randy Costa. Those Two Both Randys. of those Randys, I like a lot. What about Randy those Couture? Do are... you like him? Uh, yeah, he's all right, I guess. <laughs> he's all right. He's not a good enough striker for me, but uh, he's all right. Jillian but, Robertson, minus
0: uh, 375. Priscilla Cashwera 285. I, I like the underdog here. I like at 285. I think there's a lot of value. I just have not been impressed with Jillian Robertson in recent fights, and she's top, fought top competition, so, I mean, you have to look at that. Um, whereas Cachoeira has wins over... I'd say kind of the lower tier of competition in the division, but I think Cashwera's improved a lot. And I think at plus 285, and I especially I even put in the TSN Edge picks for this Casuero by TKO is like was plus 600 yesterday. It's down to plus 500 now.
1: Yeah, I mean, if anything, yeah, and oh, inside this, Casuero inside is, or... is plus 650. You may as well take that. It's better better odds than the KO. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Or even just by win, plus 280, plus 300, yeah. ain't bad. You know, that's not bad if you want to play it a little safer. But yeah, I, I took, I, I uh, recommended her as a play uh, for TSN
0: Edge, and I recommended her inside the distance as a dart play for at plus 650. So we'll see. Right. We'll see how good she is. I mean, I think, again, Jillian Robertson, when she's on her game, is really, really tough, is very crafty, very creative. I don't want to take anything away from her. I just think the number's too long here. I think that, like, if I'm making a pick for this fight, I'm taking Robertson. But I think that... Again, four to one favorite is that's at this from what I've seen from Robertson lately and, and you know, what I what I would consider to be a lack of improvements plus her jumping around from camp to camp and not getting any real yeah. steady training, that's a red flag for me.
1: All right, going against the Canadian. Uh, Sometimes you gotta do
0: unfortunately. it. Unfortunately. Sometimes you gotta do it. Well, I think you've gotta get going, Joe. I'm trying to think if we yeah. have any uh any interesting uh, news to get to here uh, hmm. Rowney Barcelos is getting a late notice replacement
1: uh, next week uh, I feel bad for whoever that is um, what else do we got I, I mean if you I know you don't love talking about it but Tyron Woodley stepping in to fight oh, yeah. Jake Paul yeah, I had to bring that up didn't you I know yeah. I, I have to I, I didn't get, it. It. I I blocked didn't get out. a rant today I blocked it out no rant
0: I mean listen no? it's uh, it's a smart move for both guys I, I like it's short notice so Jake Paul's going to have had a full camp uh, training for Tommy Fury uh, Ty- Tyron Woodley desperately wants to get that back but like if Woodley loses again like it, it's a big hit but it's a big risk it's a high risk high reward right like if he ends up winning yep. that fight you're going to see a trilogy fight and this guy's just going to keep getting paid
1: yeah and I think I just think Woodley I mean you just take the opportunity but I, honestly Jake Paul I think gets it done again I think the kid's an actually good boxer and I, I think it's uh, I think he even gave Woodley an extra half a mil if he can get if he can knock him out but uh yeah, I think for Woodley, he wants it. Short camp. I mean, he's a fighter at, at heart, so it's going to be fun. I'll, I'll be tuned in. Well, I know you probably won't be, but I will. We talked about whether or not Cody
0: Durden would get uh, any sort of punishment for his comments after the fight. Uh, you remember us talking about that?
1: Yeah, well, I saw that. He's
0: been booked against Mohamed Mokayev, so I think I think we've got his punishment now. There you he's go. Yeah. Face Muhammad Maka- Maka- the Maka- Maka- star. Maka- One of the hottest prospects in the sport. Yeah, here you go. Enjoy. Yeah. We're not going to punish yeah. you for violating our code of conduct, but you're going to have to face this guy. Sorry. Yeah, yeah,
1: I mean, yeah. That's uh that's what you get, but uh I'm excited to see this kid go. So, I think it'll be fine. Another flyweight in there, right? Cody Garbrandt, we're just building the division. Yeah, absolutely. But I think Macayev has a bright future in that division.
0: From from all things I've I've seen, uh, and read about him. He he seems like he is the absolute real deal. Plus, he wears that white papa, the papaha.
1: Whenever you see the, that, uh, the you know, khabib hat. Yeah, you know, right? you, you know, there's problems if you. You know, you're serious. Yeah. If you see anyone with that hat, usually run the other yeah, way. Exactly. You don't sign the contract. You rip it up. Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> I was it gonna get kindling, one of those kindling kindling winter fire. hats here in Canada. We should we should rock them here in Canada. Started as a style. And just bring it in, just like have it as like just
0: a, just rock it, yeah. And just watch people cross the road as you approach them because they're they're terrified. You're just going to take them. See down. See if they them. know,
1: yeah. See if they know. They yeah. know they're going to cross the street when they see you in the hat. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I'm happy that we did this job, but I'm going to be a lot happier next week when we get
0: to recap this incredible card. I'm looking yeah, forward this is, to it. Great. Unfortunately, so, I'm not in Vegas for this one. I, I was supposed to be, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I think I'm going to be in at, uh, in Anaheim for January, so I'm looking forward to that.
1: All right, that's going to be exciting. I have uh, my young guy fighting this weekend, so uh, he is uh, 15 years old, and I keep talking to him. He's the, he's a, he's going to be the next big thing in combat sports. The kid's fan, unbelievable. The way he can use his legs, the way he boxes. So he's in a, a boxing fight here locally on Saturday night. So an amateur, just straight up boxing. Yeah, he's uh, 15 years old. They put him already as the main event here in uh, one of the local events. And then the following weekend, I have uh, my MMA guy who's headlining the Niagara Brawl in the Falls, uh, Mike Imperato. So that's who I'm training actually right now for his fight soon. So uh, we got to get on that. Yeah, and I, know I, think, I know you've been, uh, been teaching him a lot of BJJ and, the, and some submission oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you should see the way he's moving. I mean… <laughs> Just saying, I mean, a good win here, you might be uh, talking about him on a future UFC card. So I know there's a lot of talks that uh, he can be one of the next Canadians going in. Well, the
0: contender series, uh, you know, the Canadians did well this time around. Good representation. So we could always use uh, more
1: on next season. Yep. So I'll do my best at trying to build the next champion coming from Canada. The next GSP is going to come from Bazooka. Yeah. And again, happy trails to
0: Felicia Spencer. Uh, great career, and I look Beautiful forward to Beautiful career. Seeing you. Uh, what she's got next I mean the uh, TSN MMA show Interview edition Is going to come out tomorrow And it is just Absolutely positively loaded Dana White Amanda Nunes Ooh. Dustin Poirier Charles Oliveira Felicia Spencer And more So uh, you're going to want To listen to that
1: Yeah I might actually Listen to that one Aaron Well I, I would appreciate have that have to jump page. on Maybe you could rate yeah. And review the show as well Okay, but a lot of times here, I, I don't want to listen to myself, so I'm not going to listen to this one, but I can listen to you interview everybody else. That's okay for I me. appreciate that, and I, would, I don't yeah. listen to, back to the show either. It could be terrible for all I know each and every week. Yeah, we just shoot from the heart <laughs> and hope people enjoy. All right, Joe. Well, we'll
0: see you next week. Uh, all the best, everybody. Be well, and uh, have a great weekend.
1: Thanks for listening to the TSN MMA Show. For all the latest UFC news, visit tsn.ca slash